From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 311 for the week of July 3rd, 2014. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan a perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I am your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by our Disneyland team. Mary Jo Mata Willie, Michael Bowling, and Tony Spatel. Nance Johnson is traveling this week. In this week's show, Tony has a review of Umami Burger and I chat with Scott Bruce who performs at the Tomorrowland Terrace in a tribute to Elvis. All that plus this week's news, roundtable, rapid fire, and our Disboard's Board's Threat of the Week on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello everyone. Hello. Hello. Hey there, hi there, ho there. How was everyone's week? So nice. Nice. Warm. Yeah. It's hot. Hundred and whatever it is here. Well, and it's kind of humid in the Los Angeles area, which Jeez. is unusual for, yeah. for this early in the year. That's Getting fun. ready for the 4th of July. We mm-hmm. bought our fireworks. Excellent. Ooh. Happy 4th of July to everyone out there. Hope you're enjoying it with family. Not at Disneyland on the 4th. <laughs> Although I've been to Disneyland on the 4th. and Ooh. Yeah, well... When you go, you just need to be prepared that there's going to be crowds. And, second second and busiest day of the year, right? I think so. Yeah. But it's just so much fun. I mean, I think it's so much fun over there, and they have a lot of patriotic stuff, so yeah. it's it's good. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm not going, but I'll, I'll, I'll believe you. Yes, Mr. Positive. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, let's talk about... Out. The Arizona meet is has now started signups, which is very cool. Um, October tenth, not tenth, October twenty fourth through the twenty sixth of this year in Phoenix, Arizona. We are we are going all going to a Diz meet to raise money for Give Kids the World. Um, they've there's I'll put links in the show notes, but you can now sign up for that, which is very very cool. We finally got that going. Um, Friday night there's going to be a mixer at Dave and Buster's, which is, I've never been to. Do they have Dave and Buster's down there? Yes, there's one in the outlets at Orange. You can take the art. Okay. Yeah, we don't have those here, so I'm, I'm excited to go to that. Then on Saturday, they will have the main meet with auction and everything like that. And then on a Sunday, which is really cool, there's an optional trip to the Grand Canyon. So for those of you that have never been to the Grand Canyon, they'll be chartering a bus out to the Grand Canyon for the day. If you want to go out to there. So again, what a great we'll a, opportunity. Yeah. Again, we'll put a link in the show notes. There's also a, um, they've, they've blocked out some rooms at one of the Hampton inns near the, near the location of the, of the meet. So, uh, some great rates on that you can get too. So we are looking forward to that. We're, it's coming up very soon. So, um, it'll be out. here before we know it. That's yeah, the thing exactly. you think it's yeah. far away, but no. Yeah. Um, anybody have any housekeeping? Just a quick one for me. Go ahead. Um, I think it was um, a little over a year ago I did a segment on Mount Wilson. Mm-hmm. And I went up there last weekend with my family who were visiting from San Diego. And again, it was such a wonderful tour that we went on. We They have tours at 10 and 1 p.m. No, I think 1 p.m. on Saturdays and Sundays. And... The history that happened up there at those, at that, um, there's two observatories. Actually, there's four, but two big ones. The, the history 
not history, the scientifical significance of that place is just, it impacted the world. And I recommend that anybody who has the opportunity to go on a, like we talk about these day six, on a Saturday or Sunday and go over to Mount Wilson, take advantage and go. It's in our own backyard. We have this um, great uh, opportunity to see where some history happened. Einstein was there. Hubble was there, etc. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. Awesome. Got to remind everybody about our our two cruises that are coming up. Podcast Cruise 5.0. That is November 30th of 2014 on the newly reimagined Disney Magic. A seven-night Western Caribbean cruise with lots of special guests and we're, we're, we're assuming special guests um this <laughs> is the owner of the dis boards pete warner's 50th birthday party basically so there will Yay. be lots of things happening on board that uh i will put a link in the show notes to where you can get more information on that also the royal caribbean alaska cruise with the dis and dreams unlimited travel that's coming up next summer june 12th of 2015 that is also seven night that's on the jewel of the seas uh seven night trip to alaska out of vancouver not vancouver sorry out of seattle so and a bunch of us i think everybody so far is going on that so we would love to see you love to meet you and we will put links to in the show notes to both of those if you have any questions other than what's in the show notes you can uh, for both of those cruises you can contact tracy heinrichs that's T-R-A-C-E-Y-H at Dreams Unlimited Travel, and she will be glad to help you out with either of those cruises. I have housekeeping. Go ahead. Um, well, I have a couple of listener shout-outs I've been meaning to do, and I okay. forget every show. One is when I was at the Last Sitter Family Winery, I met Tracy and her husband. They listened to our show. Well, Tracy primarily. And she, she and I had been talking on twitter back and forth because she's also a teacher so we had been nice. talking about other things and we talked a lot about the show when we were at the winery and they brought me a bottle of wine which was very nice because they knew i preferred white wine and so that was very sweet it turns out her husband works at another winery and wow and and one and then you know the small world turns out that the winery he works for one of the sons of the winery's founders he and i went university together so <laughs> that so that was um that was neat and then when um when i was at home one day and a listener who's lorella on the boards um she remember she had heard me talk about shag on the show right after dapper days and knew i was a fan well she was in line um you know when shag was at downtown disney sign signing his artwork she sent me a message saying do you want uh, do you want me to pick you up one of his prints and I said, that would be great. And so she did. She got an autograph. It. You know, it's that retro oh. print of Fantasyland with, remember, the Chicken of the Sea pirate ship and mm -hmm. the Matterhorn with the sky buckets going through it and all that. And so now I have that here in my, you know, Disney, Dis Unplugged um, Studios North. And so, <laughs> so I wanted to thank both of those listeners for being so considerate and for Excellent. listening to the show. And also, last week, I talked about how um, George Lucas was considering a number of cities for his museum of his art collection in Star Wars memorabilia. It, it was San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chicago. Tom, you had mentioned Modesto's in the running. Shortly before the show went up, 
he made his decision, and Chicago will be the location of what is now called the Lucas Museum for Narrative Arts. And to just sit back and watch the finger pointing and the blaming and the criticism <laughs> that is going on up here um, for the loss of this museum has has just been an entertainment in itself. Most wow. of the blame is going to the Presidio Trust because this was going to be a location that is designated on the shoreline of what it was the old San Francisco Presidio. Um, it was the old commissary, old army commissary. And it's now a sports barn. Um, it was designated for a museum. And for four years, it was going to be, it was supposedly going to be his site. They kept telling him to change the design, change the design, change the design. And then at the last minute, they said, um, no, we're, they voted it down. And then they gave, so that they feel he got a little miffed. So then they offered him the Palace of the Fine Arts, which Disney California Adventure folks know the basic shape of that from the old um remember the old golden dreams movie yeah. and that that shape oh. that rotunda is a smaller version of, of the palace of fine arts and now of course it's the entrance to the little mermaid attraction and um then they gave him a spot near lucasfilm digital arts on the presidio which i thought was a great spot and then he didn't like any of those areas and then they offered him the one I mentioned last week out sort of near AT&T Park. And, um, but that's been a problem spot. I mean, they've never been able to develop that area. But now, so now we have all the finger pointing. They say our, the San Francisco mayor didn't do enough. Presidio Trust didn't do enough. They said, oh, well, George Lucas had sour grapes. So it's just an entertainment. And Chicago now, it's a huge controversy because they're saying it breaks the, the location of the museum. It's, it's privately owned, but that land is designated as a public, only for public buildings. So and it's near, you know, the Field Museum and, and a whole bunch of other museums that are out there. And um, it's not near public transit and all of that. Um, the interesting thing is on Lucas's um website and Facebook page and all that, all of the videos where he's talked about how he wanted it to be in San Francisco. He grew up in San Francisco. His heart is in San Francisco. Um, San Francisco was the home of, of you know, digital filmmaking and all of that. That's all been pulled. Oh, wow. You know, from it. And so, so anyway, so it, it, it's unfortunate. It would have been a wonderful addition to san francisco and now the chicagoans can battle it out um over there but um anyway so that's where the lucas museum will be is in chicago that is Road a trip. shame okay. but oh well yeah it would have been nice because it would have complemented uh you know the the walt disney family yeah, museum yeah, you know yeah. really nicely it would have been very close to it right. mm-hmm Excellent. Okay. Um, don't forget, if you want to email us, you can email us at dlpodcast at wdowinfo.com. At disunplugged.com, you'll find links to anything we talk about. You'll also find links to our previous shows and uh, also links to the Orlando show. Um, any other housekeeping? No? Okay. We'll head over to Tony with this week's news. This week's news. That was a, that was a different yeah, you know. way to say it. <laughs> Trying to throw you off. Thank you. You did. Mm-hmm. The Hilton Anaheim has kicked off a revamp. I didn't know they were doing a revamp, but I'm mm-hmm. glad they sent it. Did you know, Tom? 
No. Now and, you're, and you're the producer of a podcast? Well, I have my crack, crack news team to... You're right. <laughs> my, yes. You're a nice. Um, yeah, because I wear the hat with the little press thing mm-hmm. and the little, when I, you know, we all run forward and. Do you have anyways, a pen behind your ear? Yes. Oh, of course. That's, I'm do yes, exactly. And I've got this, the Edward R. Murrow pose and everything. Anyways. Oh, excuse me for the, there's a listener that commented that it's anyway and not anyways. So, anyway. <laughs> Hilton Anaheim, the largest hotel in the Anaheim Resort District and one of the largest in the region, recently unveiled its presidential suite. Mary Jo, I know you were planning on waiting until they revamped it to stay there. So let's see what you're going to Yeah, let's see what you're going to get. <laughs> Featuring nearly 2,000 square feet of luxurious indoor and outdoor terrace space that promises guests and Mary Jo a one-of-a-kind California experience. The completely redesigned expansive suite is suitable for both business and leisure travelers, featuring California casual and contemporary design. The clean lines, comfortable furnishings, and original artwork evoke a sense of the relaxed resort location near Disneyland and other nearby attractions. In addition to the spacious living room and media space, a dining area with a table and eight chairs, and a kitchen and wet bar, the suite also features two fully equipped adjoining oversized bedrooms, complete with flat panel LCD TVs, work desks, and ergonomic chairs, and the Hilton Serenity beds, including one king room and one bedroom with two queen beds. The suite also features plush striation pattern carpeting and hardwood planks stained in a warm earth tone finish. I know the warm earth tone finish was important to you, Mary Jo, because I know you, were, <laughs> just, you weren't sure whether you wanted to stay there or not. That pushed it over the top. Yeah, lighting includes straight backlit mirrors and playfully shaped fixtures with warm metal finishes, etc., etc. Two landscaped Outdoor spaces include a fireplace, pergola, and ample seating to enjoy the nightly fireworks shows at the nearby Disneyland Park. The suite can Ooh, accommodate, yeah, and the suite can accommodate, accommodate nearly 200 guests. I think we need to have a Disney meet here <laughs> for a private event with flow onto the outside balconies and is conveniently located on the hotel's pool level. Rates for the presidential suite start at. Anybody have a guess? Twelve hundred. Anyone else? Two thousand. Mary Jo. I'll say. She's already uh, booked, so she should know. Yeah, she should know. $15.50. Okay, well, if we're playing prices right, you would win because you didn't go over, but Michael's right at $2,019.99 per night. Wow. Well, if it's 200 people, you could just take a few bucks ahead and you could pay for that extra. Well, yeah, I guess I need to change from a whole week to maybe four nights. What? Well, well, I guess this isn't Vegas, and we shouldn't all be staying in the room as a bunch of 20-year-olds going to the clubs. Anyways. Oh, anyway. But that's not the only renovation at the Hilton. This is the first phase in a multi-million dollar renovation of the hotel that also includes a redesign of all guest rooms. So, Tom, you're going to have to check it out. Nice. Corridors, elevators, and air conditioning systems, plus a refresh of the mixed lounge. Amen. That lounge, I've been waiting. I've been Hanging out at the mixed lounge, they need a professional <laughs> DJ. When I buy my ser- my table service with my my Cristal, I think I you're know. in the wrong mixed lounge. Oh, oh, I'm listening to too much rap. And the Starbucks, they're going to refresh the Starbucks inside the lobby. A highlight of the planned renovation includes the addition of a private chef's kitchen designed by HGTV star John Gidding. The presidential Ooh. suite, guest Ooh. rooms, and other I don't know mm. guest rooms and other interior features of the hotel are designed by Creative Resource Associates. Our commitment to further enhance and develop our entire property begins with this spectacular suite that sets us apart from the competition and fits so well with Southern California's indoors and outdoors lifestyle. 
That doesn't nice. sound like political speak. Said Sean Robinson, general manager of the Hilton Anaheim. It's a great suite for a CEO, a meeting <laughs> planner, or a special family celebration, or a Disneyland podcaster that lives in I, I think Los Pete needs to rent it out for us for the the um, expo next year. I think so. I think so. I was just I thinking agree with that. You. Yeah. I think so. Let's see if we can push it. Hilton Go Anaheim. ahead, Tom, and then the rest of us will nod our heads behind you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> so the Hilton Anaheim has... 1,572 guest rooms and 100,000 square feet of meeting space and says, I'm interested, it says it's the largest and most flexible hotel in the Los Angeles Orange County region. region. Do they mean together it's the largest, like is it really the largest? Or when you throw in the word flexible that makes it okay? No, I think think it has the most rooms, doesn't it? Uh, Where did he say? It said um, 1,150? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, cool. it'd be interesting to see how the what they the do with the pricing and yeah. if it's because it seems they really focused on business, but if they'll do anything to get more families and stuff to stay there. Right. So, very cool. And now from inland to the beach, an mm-hmm. Orange County beach is the only one in California to get a superstar rating. From the Natural Resources Defense Council and its annual water quality report card. <laughs> Were you laughing? Why are you laughing? Because our because our beaches is because California's beaches are dirty. No, uh, the Cause NRD because oh. there's because their report card exists. Well, yeah, the NRDC says 38th Street Beach in Newport Beach. This does not sound like really exciting. Is a positive thing. In Newport Beach, didn't exceed bacteria levels a single time over the course of 50 tests. Like, talk about, like, hey, you didn't mess up, so we're going to yeah. give you the award. That means all the other ones, I guess, did. The National Resources Defense Council released its 24th annual beach ranking recently. Most other beaches in Newport Beach did similarly well. An exception is Newport Bay, where bacteria levels exceeded standards 44% of the time. Other Orange County beaches, such as Duhaney and Poach County, also didn't fare well. Overall, 9% of water samples collected at state beaches Failed to meet bacteria standards, a level similar to the 10% national average. So if you want the really clean beaches, go to Newport Beach. So if you want to drink the water in the beach, go to... I don't know if I would ever drink the water. Newport Beach is actually a really nice beach anyway to go to. And now it's clean. So And now it's clean. <laughs> yeah. And especially for someone like Mary Jo, who's high-end and stays at the Hilton mm-hmm. Anaheim Presidential Suite, she knows nice... She knows of her beaches. ...and high-quality things. So Exactly. <laughs> You I and I'll even let you visit me there. Thank you. I'll, and you won't even do the ten dollars <laughs> on the <thing>. beach. <laughs> Whoa, is there's a whole another story going. I was thinking of the suite. Well, either way. Anyway. Wait, okay, guys. <laughs> Let's stop. <laughs> You're taking it to a different level. That's not what I meant. This presidential <laughs> level. Yeah, the presidential suite exactly. level. Which Obviously, it was a really, really action-packed news week, as you can <laughs> see from these amazing <laughs> stories. So. That's the news. Thank you, Tony. Time for rapid fire. Let's start with Michael. All right. Well, since it's July, the Walt Disney Family Museum always has a mega event in order to celebrate Disneyland's anniversary. And this month is no different. Yeah, it's coming up. Anyway, so some of the events going on at 
the Walt Disney Family Museum in July include the film of the month, and that is Disneyland Goes to the World's Fair. And this special screening celebrates the 50th anniversary of the 1964 oh. New York World's Fair. I have not seen this film, so I am really <laughs> looking forward to it. And and so what they're celebrating this month at the museum is are, is the New York World's Fair because all of those attractions you know, made their way to Disneyland, ultimately. The Spotlight Talks, and these are free talks that take place in the galleries this month throughout the month. It's on the Illinois Pavilion. And so it's a brief discussion about one of its most remarkable exhibits led by a museum educator. The talks focus on how Walt and his Imagineers celebrated the legacy of President Lincoln in groundbreaking fashion in the Illinois Pavilion. They also have a, a couple of open studios. These are also free. They have a, they, they're continuing their stop motion animation studios throughout the month where you can make your own little stop motion animated film. They also have a little open studio for, um, it's just called Summer Fun and a special projects for guests, um, seven and under. The big, um, the real big event that I'm very excited about is actually Walt Disney, a giant at the World's Fair. It's a special presentation and it's hosted by Disney legends Marty Scalar and Bob Gurr. They're joining Disney Park pioneer Frank Stanek for a talk about Walt's creation of four groundbreaking attractions for the exposition. Catherine Ayers, curator for the exhibit on the 75th anniversary of the 1939-40 Golden Gate International Exposition, which a lot of people don't know about, now took place on Treasure Island in San Francisco Bay. Um, provides special commentary and Disney legends Alice Davis, Rolly Crump, and Sherman, uh, Richard Sherman make video appearances. This is actually, since we spoke about George Lucas earlier, this is in a Lucasfilm ILM premiere um, theater, and it is at 11 a.m. And then the signing, though, any if you have any items you'd like these uh, Marty Sklar, Bob Gerda sign, will be back at the museum in their lo lower lobby at 2 p.m. And we will have a link to the museum's website in our show notes so you, with all the information about times and tickets um, for these events. So definitely if you're around, you know, the museum in July, come on out and celebrate the World's Fair. Excellent. Thank you, Michael. You mentioned that the anniversary of Disneyland is coming up this month on the 17th or 18th, mm -hmm. depending on who you ask. Um, and the Disney Parks blog put up something, what was it, last week, where they're inviting some of their readers to come on the 17th, and they will be announcing some of the things that are happening next year for the 60th. Boy, so, that went quickly. Yeah. Um, l luckily, I got an invitation to that, so I will be there, so make sure you're following me on Twitter, and I will try to post as quickly as I can anything they announce. It'll be curious to see what what they do announce, if they announce any any surprises or if they're just kind of vague about it. Um, if you've listened to the show, you already know what's coming as far as parades go, so that that won't be a surprise. But it'll be interesting if have if they have any information about a new fireworks show or anything else that's going on for the sixtieth. So just wanted to mention that since Michael mentioned the anniversary that's coming up all right uh mary joe 
Well, opening on July 9th over in the Disneyland Golden Horseshoe, they're going to have Legends of Frontierland established 1814. The premise of this interactive event... Didn't we say that was coming? Yeah, uh, I think we called it, didn't we? We did, yeah. (laughs) Good job, team. Good job, good job. The premise of this interactive event is that Frontierland and its neighbor, Rainbow Ridge, are in the midst of a land feud. Rainbow Ridge, a once booming mining town, has dried up and they have their sights set on Frontierland. All of Frontierland. Rumors are spreading that gold has been discovered in mines and thus the struggle begins. So in Legends of Frontierland, the gold rush allows the guests to become part of the story. They can name, create, and develop their own characters and influence the direction and action of the story's first chapter. Guests will be able to choose who they want to side with. And they can choose what character they want to be. If they want to be a peacekeeper, outlaw, merchant, miner, an heiress, and other characters. Those are just examples and you can use your imagination. Guests will work with cast members and they will directly influence how the story will unfold in this chapter of life in Disneyland's Frontierland. There will also be entertainment, merchandise, food, and more throughout all of Frontierland. Guests can show their Disney side and they're being encouraged to use the hashtags my Frontierland and hashtag my Rainbow Ridge beginning July 9th. So we'll so see. This a, you how said this is the first uh, chapter. Does that mean they intend to have to make sure it? Sure, sounds like it, right? Maybe this repeat- is going to be repeatable, so that different chapters coming. Sounds like it. We'll find out. Yeah, cool. Maybe there'll be a Christmas version, a Halloween version. <laughs> it could be the Jack Skellington yeah. side. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you, Mary Jo. Speaking of Halloween, great, great segue. Thank you for that. Um, Knott's Berry Farm <laughs> has announced their dates for Knott's Scary Farm. Uh, we don't have the dates yet. We, we may, by the time of this recording, for Disneyland's uh, Halloween, uh, Mickey's Halloween party. But Knott's Scary Farm is has announced their dates. They are September 25th through the 27th, October 2nd through the 5th, 9th through the 12th. 16th through the 19th, 22nd to the 26th, 29th through the 31st, and November 1st. And also they announced that Elvira is returning again this year to um, star in Elvira's Cinema Seance in the uh, Charles Schultz Theater, but they're calling it something else during during, um, Not Scary Farm. Also back this year is Fright Lane, which gives you uh, front-of-the-line access, and the skeleton key that gives you special special rooms. I think. Did you experience the skeleton key, Mary Jo? No, I didn't okay. get to experience that. Oh, you did. That I knew somebody had. Which is, it's it's extra rooms inside some of the mazes. You can use your skeleton key and get into these extra rooms. So that's that was nude last year, and that's uh, back again this year. Uh, in the next month or so, they will probably announce a lot more details for this, so keep an eye out for that. But again, not Scary Farm returns September 25th. Uh, Tony, well, I went to Costco. No way. And uh, you know they sell. Did you buy me really, a hot dog? And a, yeah, so. and they sell really large. Like you can buy like ton, like huge things mm-hmm. for for decently. <laughs> right, yeah, I never no. So um, I went to Costco and found a rapid fire so i was very excited cool was it they, on sale yes no no it wasn't did you have because to show they your have card? Bought, yeah you did have to <laughs> yeah i did have to show my card so what's good is that you can exchange rapid fires like 
two weeks later and they don't even care. Nice, nice. <laughs> but you can only buy it with your American Express. There's a discount. No, or cash. Cash. Yeah. You, you, they, they do accept cash. Anyways, not to plug Costco, but they're, they have. Are they for, giving rapid fire samples? <laughs> yes, they were actually. They were. They were. I got full of rapid fires by the end. I was okay, enough. And, and then I felt bad because I didn't really want to buy the rapid fire. I just wanted to t- see how it was. And I felt guilty for the person that kept, you know, offering me the Louisiana hot link rapid fire. So oh. Costco rapid fire, always better when it's shared, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. So Costco is offering a three for one pass for San Diego attractions. The nice. San Diego Zoo, SeaWorld and San Diego Zoo Safari Park. You can enjoy up to seven consecutive days of unlimited access to SeaWorld San Diego, San Diego Zoo, and San Diego Zoo Safari Park. So it says you save 21%. It's $116 for ages 10 and up. That's got to be a bigger savings than that if you that, go I know seven days. That's what it seems like. Like They put a star a com- compared to some other probably, probable uh, a star that's an asterisk. It means there's other information. And as I'm looking at the picture I took, of course, the where the fine stipulations are, it's hard to read because my flash went off. So, um, is that if, you, if you only go once to each, it's probably a twenty-one percent savings. That's my thinking. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah three for one, which is a pretty good deal. But there's more. Oh, they wait, also okay. Costco also has for Legoland, and these were in Orange County, Costco. So if you have a Costco membership and come down to the, or in one of the Costco's in Orange County, what is the closest? Just call up Tony; he'll take you to the Costco. I will. You, all, you buy me a hot dog, I will show you. I will lead you to the little cardboard placard that you turn in. You know what? I'm trying to think of the closest one to Disneyland is probably in Garden... No, the one in Fullerton, which is right near the In-N-Out. Perfect. So, and where the old character warehouse used to be. Perfect. Oh, okay, gotcha. That's no longer there, but that's where the, I think the closest one to Disneyland is. Legoland has a two-day resort ticket for $89.99 at Costco. Cool. And it includes the water park and Sea Life Aquarium. So those are some pretty good deals. Oh, including that. Okay, including yeah. the water park. Yeah. Nice. So um, you have up to nine days to use the second day admission. You get two full days. Legoland Water Park is located inside and must be used on the same day as Legoland California. So Very there's cool. some deals if you want to go to Costco. And then, of course, you can make a day of it, eat before, don't eat. Get all the samples no, and the samples. yeah, get the samples and you're good to go. Saving money. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Tony. That will do it for rapid fire. Time for our thread of the week, Mary Jo. This week's thread comes from Sue Kakuli, um, who's been with the Diz since March 2005 and is actually a local here in Southern California. And her thread is dining plans for non-dining people. She says, we're going for a Monday to Friday trip soon and I'm doing some planning. We're taking my mother-in-law, who has not been to Disneyland since she took my husband in the 80s. I don't think they were huge fans because they stopped going and started going to Magic Mountain. So mm-hmm. there's those kind of people. Mm-hmm. She doesn't like to eat out much and neither does my husband. But obviously we have to eat out and the kids and I like to. So I'm trying to make everyone happy. I want to keep the plans flexible, but I also want to avoid standing around for an hour while we just keep saying back and forth, where do you want to eat? I don't know. Where do you want to eat? which can really be annoying. Mm -hmm. We're going to have a fridge and a microwave, so I was hoping to bring some oatmeal and breakfast sandwiches for some quick mornings and sandwich stuff for some quick lunches and dinners in the room. 
The kids want to do Mickey and Friends, so I will book that for breakfast. We're going to plan on Rainforest Cafe, and we'll probably do an IHOP. No. Or a Mimi Stop one day if I know the kids. And probably Wetzel's Pretzels for Pretzel Dogs and Hogging Dogs once again. Kids' choice. And then we'll probably stop at our favorite counter service place in the park for other meals as needed. So I think that'll work out. <laughs> I'm wondering if I should book the Blue Bayou or that no. other restaurant in the French Quarter for another meal. Or do you think that starting to push it for the I hate sit-down mm-hmm. meals crowd mm-hmm. would be mm-hmm. too much? That would be a sit-down meal at Mickey's Rainforest and probably IHOP or Mimi's in five days. So what do you think? So I thought I'd bring that to you, the team, to kind of see what your perspective is on how, what would you do for the people who really don't want to dine, uh, sit down and dine, and trying to please the other people who do want to sit down and dine. Where do you think would be good choices for them to eat? Not, and I'll start with Tom. Not Blue Bayou. That would definitely be pushing <laughs> pushing your luck. After, did you say Mickey and Friends, or are we talking, where are we talking? Breakfast Surf, at Mickey and Friends. Surf's up? Yes. Okay. Okay. Um... So you so we're looking for some place that's casual that um I don't know we're maybe paradise paradise garden paradise gardens area so you think you maybe take it over to California Adventure for a meal okay please please the picky people and what about you Michael what do you think yeah you know I was thinking the same thing I I would not do another fancy sit down like Blue Bayou or even Cafe Orleans. I think that's the other, I think that's the place she was referring to. The only other thing could possibly be, I don't know how old the children are, but you know, if they're like teens, maybe going to Big Thunder Ranch Barbecue. Ooh. Okay. um, The children are 11, 9, 6, and a one and a a half. Mm. I I don't know. I thought if they do another sit down, the, the Big Thunder Ranch Barbecue might be a compromise. That's a good one, actually. What about you, Tony? What do you think? Okay. My idea would be French Market because it's not really a sit-down, but it's got the entertainment and it's... So, I mean, it is counter service, but I think it's a level above. Yet... And yeah, they do have that entertainment. Yeah, and it's got the... It's a great... Feel, it almost feels like it should be a sit-down. So, I I would... Especially after Tom and I went... Right. <laughs> I, I think that would be a good that would be a good compromise. Except go at lunch so you can get the French dip. Okay. <laughs> well, and it's and it's got nice choices because you can either have something light and they have nice desserts over there yes, also. They which do. Is fun. Yeah, they do. I like that. So okay, so we have one in California Adventure and two in Disneyland. I'm going to choose California Adventure. I think Pacific Wharf also has different... I agree with you guys. I don't think that another sit-down uh-uh. is going to do it. I think that they probably... But but at the same time, if you don't give your body nutrition, you're going to you're gonna peter out at the end of the day or get grumpy. And you have to feed... Especially the children. You have to feed them. So they, they need to sit someplace. <laughs> it's required by law. It's required by law, yeah. If you, <laughs> if you want to survive. But... You know, the kids can only go so far where they need before they need to fuel up again. And feeding them junk all the time is not good. They'll, they'll just end up having a miserable trip, especially if they're going to be going five days. So, um, but but the good news is all of the counter service at, at the Disneyland Resort is fairly good. Yeah, 
You know what? I'm actually going to choose Hungry Bear. Okay. I like Hungry Bear because it's out of the way. It mm-hmm. gives you some good downtime. It's in a shady area. And kids love, typically usually love sitting next to the river and watching the ducks and other, you know, the animals in that area. And it's something easy to right. eat. And they have that yummy uh, honey cupcake. So that's what that's what I would choose. But I agree with all of you. I don't think that they should choose any other fancy restaurant. I, I, I think they may have already chosen too many. Yeah, com- for 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 the amount uh, of days that they're going to be there mm-hmm. with everybody. Yep. But um, okay. So looking at what some of the different um other desserts said. Okay. Um, my bestie Mickey <laughs> puts down that. She thinks that three sit-down meals in five days is a good balance for people that like to eat out versus those that don't. She would consider swapping the Rainforest Cafe for Blue Bayou or mm-hmm. another choice. Not both, but one or right. the other. Right. And she thinks that the noise level in the Rainforest Cafe is a little bit overwhelming and it's hard for her to enjoy her food. And I think she has a really good point there. Because if, if you don't want to sit down in a restaurant and then you have all that noise to contend with, it kind of echoes in there. And plus it's just loud. But um, she said, uh, some things to keep in mind. The Blue Bayou is expensive. Maybe not a good choice for lukewarm diners. It gets mixed reviews here on the boards. And so you don't know if you're going to get a good meal or not. And there are a few other other restaurants in the parks that would be kind of in between. They're not sit down, but they're way nicer than the average counter service, which are the Plaza, which a lot of us like the Plaza in, the French Market, and Flo's. That's another one that's another good choice. And she says, maybe give those a, ch- uh, a, a shot. I'm going to say jot. Um, well, flows would be nice because you could, if if the people don't want to eat, they can sit and watch watch the car let Cars Land go, or watch Radio Springs Racers or go grab a snack at the Cozy Cone or something like that, too. So That's another really good choice. Yeah. Um, Peter Pan and Wendy says she agrees with um, skipping New Orleans dinner. She says that the restaurants in New Orleans are lovely, but they are expensive. And she says um, that people maybe like the mother-in-law just would not enjoy the experience. And she agrees with Tom and Tony that other counter service places that are nice, like French Market, would be a good option if they want to eat there. And she also says that um, she loves to eat out, but she thinks that two sit-down meals in their entire five-day trip is pretty good. Otherwise, it's just eat light, you know, throughout the parks. And then, um, <laughs> I won't read some of the other responses. They're, they are entertaining, though. <laughs> they always are. Oh, my goodness, yes. <laughs> um, so what some of them are saying is that if they do want to sit at a, a nice restaurant, maybe they want to split a plate so that, you know, they don't have to um, get something that's mm-hmm. expensive and, and heavy. Well, like to, when I go, go to there. Cafe Orleans, I don't typically get an entree i'll get um a bowl of the french or a cup of the french bowl of the french onion soup and the palm frites and make that my meal. yeah and and that it's actually very filling yeah it's actually very filling so we're gonna have a a link to this um thread in our show notes called dining plans for non-dining people and please if you have some some samples or some suggestions please pipe um not pipe up (laughs) <laughs> Please join in the thread and give your contribution. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Excellent. Again, those show notes are at disunplugged.com. 
Thank you, Mary Jo. Thank you, team. That is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch all of our other Disneyland shows this week. And, of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.